Project serves to be a collective archive of survivor wisdom and to collect stories from the true experts in the field of trauma, the survivors. My name's Jesse. I'm a marriage and family therapist, art therapist, and a righteous survivor of my own trauma. This podcast holds pretty intense content with each episode, and I encourage you to check in with yourself and take good care of yourself. Content warnings will be read before each episode. To the next episode of We Are Magic. My name's Jesse, and I'm the host of this podcast. So I wanted to check in and just say that I hope wherever you're at right now and however you're navigating through this um, currently unpredictable and chaotic time that you're finding peace and grounding. So complete respect, complete kindness. I hope that you're able to find some Uh, you know, even ground and do what it is you need to do to navigate this. As I said in my last episode, that could look different for everybody. So just um, have have respect and peace for yourself. And I hope that uh, hope that right now you're uh, you're able to find something in this episode too. So um, for this episode, I have decided to bring on a really near and dear friend of mine. Ana Ruth Castillo is not only um, a colleague of mine, you know, we met uh, in grad school, as we'll talk about in the episode, but uh, she's just a dear friend who is someone I learn something from every time I sit with her and and we share space together. It's just truly, um, her friendship's been a complete blessing to me, and I can't thank her enough for making time to come on the show. I think one of the main reasons that I I thought of Anna when coming on the show is her rebirth journey. And it's something we will talk about in the episode, um, which I just hope will highly resonate with you. I was really honored and lucky to be able to witness some of this rebirth journey she's had over the past couple years, not only as a clinician um, and, you know, a blossoming clinician, but as a mother. About a little over a year ago, I think, I might be getting that wrong, it's time starting to blur together, but a little over a year ago, she gave birth to a beautiful baby girl with her partner, her husband, and um, I was really lucky to witness some of that journey as she welcomed and opened herself up to motherhood. And it might not seem like the connections are there uh, at face value, but I suspect that many of us right now um, are in a rebirth period. You know, we are kind of going through darkness. Rebirth is scary. And it's um, not always smooth sailing or this beautiful, you know, joyful experience. There's Rebirth takes time. I mean, if we think about, you know, chrysalis and the journey of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly, that caterpillar has to turn to goo in the cocoon um, before they emerge as this fully beautiful butterfly. So... I, I wanted to get her take on that, and what I got was actually way more than I bargained for. We we talked about, you know, staying home and staying put and what that was like for her, you know, as a not only a mother but someone who's in great life transition, 
having to stay home, having to look around and, and look at the, the areas that surround you and how sometimes they match your, your inner spaces, your emotions, your psyche. Um, and yeah, we talk about the process of opening up to motherhood, new identities, newness, grieving the parts of you that you have to let go, which I think is just so relevant right now. Um, reorganizing, reconnecting to the energy of the space that you're in. So I just, you know, I think that this episode can resonate a lot with many folks and I hope it does. Um, there's a couple parts in it where because of the time that we recorded this, those dates might not be relevant anymore. Um, but, or I should say accurate, but they're still relevant. And, um, yeah, so you might notice us talking about some dates in March and you're like, that wasn't three weeks ago. (laughs) That's because this episode has taken a little while to get out. And, um, I think I've touched on this before that like these episodes have to come out as they come out. And I appreciate all of your patience and, um, Hopefully as time goes on and resources become more available, um, they can be a little more steady. But until then, I can just say thank you for your patience in that. So I don't want to like talk too much. I, I want to give room for the episode. And uh, so I'm going to read Ana Ruspayo. We'll contextualize um, her work and uh, whatnot in the episode, but I'll go ahead and read her bio. Um, before I do, though, I guess I will talk about the content warnings which um i i usually don't say they'll be quite obvious but i think at this point they're they're a little obvious what we'll be talking about we'll obviously be talking about coronavirus we'll be talking about change we'll be talking about death and illness um grief grief work um we do touch on domestic violence and homelessness at the end as we contextualize that you know staying at home can be a privilege having a home can be a privilege feeling safe in your home is a privilege so we, we do touch on that, and I think it's important to, to go back to again because there's a lot of ha- things happening right now for many folks, and sometimes for some of us, staying home is a blessing or it can be a needed reprieve from life, and for others, it's extremely unstable. And, and even just feeling safe that your home will stay your home, that you can financially afford your home right now is a privilege. And so that is something I wanted to touch on for sure. So thank you. I'll go ahead and read Ana Ruth's bio right now and we'll get right into it. So Ana Ruth Yela Castillo is a muralist and clinical art and family therapist in San Diego County. She's new at being a mom, but has over 20 years of empowering youth through leadership development and supporting them to access higher education. She became an art therapist to continue being of service, healing families on an, in, on an intergenerational level, and merge it all with her passion for art. All right, so I've hit record and we are live of sorts. Thank you, Anna, for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Of course. So I think what's been coming up for me and why I have asked you to come on here is that I just wanted to kind of explore providing a connection for listeners and how to navigate something that has never been navigated or at least, I mean, not for a good century. Um, Right now, I know people are feeling afraid, and they are feeling pushed, they're feeling angry, and they're having to choose between their safety and their security. They're having to sort of shift a lot of their perspectives, and so it's a really powerful time, both personally and collectively. So I thought, as healers, I wanted to sit in space with you and kind of explore what's been coming up for us in this time, 
And I know that, you know, you as another clinician who I value and honestly deeply admire, (laughs) um, I wanted to check in with you and see what comes up for us. And maybe we could start with, you know, you just introducing yourself and talking about how you became a healer and what it is is important to you. Okay, yeah. So um, I'm Anna Ruth. Uh, I was born and raised in Los Angeles. My family is from Guatemala. And um, we met at Loyola Marymount and we graduated as clinical art therapists. Um, but of course, there was a whole other life before that. Um, and there's like a whole other journey that we're already on now. Um, so I'm a mom now. Yeah. <laughs> First and foremost, I'm a mom. And uh, yeah, I was a school-based therapist before I became a mom. And before that, I, I, I've actually been a youth worker since I was about 17, 18 years old. So almost, almost 20 years now, um, what that looked like uh, really ranged from um, mentorship to counseling to leadership development. And then uh, before I did clinical art therapy, I was, um, and during, I was a teaching artist. I was producing murals in schools um, within community. And um, yeah, I was really, I was really involved in the arts in LA. And um, I have really been committed to my own healing when I found something that worked for me and made sense for me and encompassed physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional healing. And that was through through sweat lodge and traditional um, indigenous practices um, in spirituality. And so that's like ongoing for me and that's like an everyday Mm -hmm. thing. And it it was in my own personal healing that I felt like I could translate that over to my work with with my youth and in community. But I became an MFT, a marital family therapist and gained like the clinical aspect to the healing work because I I really was bumping into, into young people who had survived trauma and I didn't know how to, how to journey with them as a mentor, um, as their advocate. And so I knew that I needed to, to learn more about how to hold that space. I know. And I love the, the, the fact that you started with that you are a mother because I know that journey has been huge for you and I feel honored to have witnessed it honestly. Yeah. Truly, you have. And I guess, speaking of journey, let's talk about the one that planet Earth is on right now. (laughs) Yes, Yes, it's amazing. (laughs) It's like, we've been waiting for this. We've been talking about, like, something major that's just going to, like, change everything. And here it is. That's what we prayed for and marched for and advocated for and, like, got pissed off about. And we're in it. We are, and and yet it's like, it's scary, right? It's like the change, I guess, that we wanted is happening. Like, I remember I was, you know, there's so many memes and freaking infographics going around right now with what this has taught us thus far, this, this process of navigating and surviving and living through, fighting through the coronavirus, is, mm-hmm. is that, you know, working from home is actually possible. And so, like, yes, yes exactly. So folks with 
disabilities, folks with chronic illness, folks who would have otherwise needed to live at like work from home to improve the quality of their life and to ensure their security actually did have that option all along, um, but it was never catered to. That linking health care to your employment is a nasty idea, <laughs> not safe, <laughs> because losing your job became all too, losing your job, being laid off became all too possible and easy for, I, I don't even think there's a number I can put on it. So many folks have just been put in that position this month. Universal health care, absolutely necessary. And that I think just overall, we're experiencing this kind of huge global shift in perspective for everyone. You know, as healers, we're used to sitting in spaces of helping folks transition or accept, you know, process. Um, but even the healers, even the therapists, even the social workers, the nurses, the doctors, we're all experiencing this as well where no one's really like immune (laughs) uh, or exempt from this experience so I'm just wondering what is coming up for you in this experience yeah I you know um I've asked myself what my capacity is and almost on a daily basis I've been checking in with myself around like my capacity to to give and make and and that's just because I'm a mom and I'm a wife and I'm also supporting my husband who is um, caregiving and doctoring and healing his mom who survived a stroke. Mm. And so on a daily basis, I have to like check my energy levels physically like and as a mom like breastfeeding like you know I eat like five times a day (laughs) um so my capacity is really different from I think other clinicians out there and so I'm really excited and I really admire the way that um our colleagues have stepped up you know people that weren't doing online therapy and like switched over to that um people that have kept in touch with the families that they serve um, and have found ways to continue that, right? And so um, I saw that move, you know, of people go online and all of a sudden start offering classes and workshops. And and I was already um, uh, seeing a lot of that happen because I myself was exploring um, practicing therapy online so that I could stay home with my with my one-year-old. And so when that whole switch happened and all of a sudden people are like yoga and meditation and, uh, you know, just different workshops, um, I continued to ask myself, like, where am I in all this? What am I offering in all this? And um, but again, like I've had to be real about my capacity because I am like full-time here at home taking care of my home taking care of my family and um and so as I mentioned you know like wow I really went from being a stay-home mom to a stay-home mom with everybody else staying home it's uh well first I wanted to say that there's a privilege in being able to stay home with your child because um I would have been required to go back to work, I think, maybe even after um, six weeks that my baby was born, 
Some people get paid family leave. I had paid family leave, which extended it to 12 weeks, you know? Mm. So your child is like three months and then you're required to go back to work. But I, I figured it out with my husband had to stay home. And so I went through my own process of like staying home and staying put. Yeah, that brought up a lot for me. And, and you know, we were talking about death and, and rebirth and I had to grieve, you know, like the the part of me that like uh, didn't go out anymore, <laughs> mm. not the way I used to. And so, but in that process, also welcoming myself as a mom. And so actually, I feel like I get to connect more with people than I did before because people have made themselves available to talk on the phone or to video chat. And so as, yeah. a, as a mom, I, that's actually been a positive for me. Exactly. So much came up for me when you were talking. I think one was this idea of accessibility and how folks right now are making themselves so accessible. Um, and we're finding different ways to make services accessible to everybody, which is so important. And I hope that after this sort of moment in history passes, that this can continue. What we learned from this can continue, that we should be making all services acceptable, or ac- acceptable, accessible. And um, you're right. So many people have stepped up to the plate. They are offering, you know, I think they're sort of, what do I have to offer? What do I have to give? And that's a beautiful thing that we are witnessing right now. Folks like doing yoga online, like you said, or folks giving free workshops, folks doing distance Reiki, you know, folks sort of offering goods or sewing masks. And that is sort of the the beautiful aspect of what's going on right now. We're all coming together and taking care of each other. That's huge for me. I noticed to this talk about staying at home and and taking care of your family and it brings up for me something like honoring how hard it is to be a mother on top of everything else that one is supposed to be. The idea that everyone's at home with you now witnessing, you know, all it is that mothers do every day to take care of a house right. like like I I mean, I don't know, it's strange like I have noticed, like, just how much fucking work it is to be at home sometimes. Like, I'm just like, well, I don't know. It's weird. Like, when you go out to work and you come back, there's this weird break or disconnect. And then you come back and you're like, okay, home, work, home, work. But when you work at home, all of a sudden you're creating more food and you're creating more dishes. You're you're doing all this laundry. <laughs> you're, you know, you're kind of like, well, I can't just, this needs to be reorganized and, <laughs> you know going on in this bathroom and why why do I have three shampoos and like yeah this space has to be livable for me because I'm having to work you know I'm having to produce or whatever you know I'm having to create and I need this space to be livable and and to feel just whatever feels good for you energetically in that space so you start reorganizing you start doing things and I just think that yeah that's that's like vital work that sometimes we don't think about and but we're thinking about it now because we're slowing down and we're kind of looking around like oh oh look at this how how long has it been since i touched this stack of papers things like that. <laughs> like i forgot this box was here <laughs> right yeah and and it's all things um that are necessary to function and um and if you're able to like function outside the home 
right? Like you've made that possible for yourself. You know, if you go into an office, you have a desk and you have everything there for you to work and to switch it back into the home space. Um, you have to be really intentional about that. Um, you know, I was, I was thinking about how wherever we are right now in this moment is a reflection of, of the different choices and decisions we've made in the past. And, um, you know, I, I remember in 2011 to 2012, caught myself, um, I used to like rent and hop, like, from one apartment to the next, like within a year's time, two at most, you know? And I stopped myself and I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. And it was a pattern that I had since I was a child because um, with my mom, we used to rent and we used to hop around like that. And so I caught myself in 2012 and I was, okay, stop that. Like, you need to get an apartment and make it a home and, and really enjoy your home space. Mm-hmm. After that, I had an apartment for, like, over five years. And it's the apartment I stayed at while I was in graduate school, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, was, and it was a good space for me um, to really hold, you know. And mm-hmm. then... Um, I got to buy a home when we finished at Loyola. You know, we received that stipend Mm. from the county, and um, that became my deposit for a home, which then, when I had to leave L.A. to make my home in San Diego, you know, so there's all these, like, steps, you know, that I made in in terms of making sure that that my home was was a good place for me to be in. Mm. And so... It wasn't something that took a year or two years, you know, like, like I'm literally thinking back to 2012. So that's like eight years, eight years in the making. Oh, man. To be in a place right now in my life where I have a home with my family and I feel good. And that in itself um, is a privilege. And some people would say, oh, you're lucky. But also my husband and I have worked really hard. Um, in our education and in our careers to get to this place, you know, but, um, but yeah, I guess I'm just emphasize, emphasizing like how far our intentions and our decisions go in our lives, you know? Mm. Um, yes. And, yeah. Yeah. Now I'm thinking for me, I've had similar journeys, not with creating a home, but it's interesting when you say that, I just think of like, it took that shift emotionally and mentally for you to realize that you had to sort of make a change or to put your energy in a different direction because having that container, that home space is so important for you. Um, And it does, it takes us kind of slowing down like we are now to look around and to think about when the dust settles, am I happy with it where, where I am and where I lay my head, I guess. That's a metaphor, but like literally where you lay your head at brings up ideas of like how we take care of ourselves you know and right now in this time of great crisis where you wake up every morning and you have to sort of sit where you are there's no running we are all in our homes right now so we're sitting here with our thoughts and how do we take care of ourselves 
when there's so much going on in the media, how do we take care in these times? Yeah, shut it off. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, that's it. Case closed. Shut it off. (laughs) Yeah, so... uh... Yeah, so going back to, you know, how we engage with the media, how much do we believe in the media, how much do we do we listen to it, and do we allow it to affect us? And the more that we engage with it, then the wider, you know, that, that gateway is for, like, just a flood of information and then emotion to, like, come through. through. Mm-hmm. And um, so I really hope that people out there are able to measure uh, how much they're able to take in, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that they don't have to have the TV on or social media or whatever every single day, every single hour. It's hard, too, because I remember, you know, what feels like three months ago, but it was two weeks ago when the, it was right after my birthday. My birthday's the 10th of March. And I feel like my birthday, um, I had my 33rd birthday and then shit just went off. <laughs> and I felt like for a couple days straight there, I was doing that. I was kind of like constantly refreshing my phone, constantly engaging with all these headlines. And, you know, and for one, it kind of made me feel safer to constantly be informed. I'm doing air quotes, right? And um, it made me feel like I knew what to do. But then I think we got to a point that weekend where I, my nervous system just hit a breaking point and I had to kind of listen to that because I was like, there was so much out of my control. Like obviously I was home, I came home, I shut the door and I was like, looks like I'm gonna be here for a little while. Um, and we were, we, you know, got some food and, and I was like, I need to like listen to my nervous system, which is literally screaming at me. And I, I think what I'm trying to say is I kind of echo what you're saying. I hope people can understand what li- their limit is for kind of engaging with some of the stuff. Sometimes it's okay to put the phone down for a couple hours and take a nap or do some deep breathing, you know, take a shower, something that makes, that feels nourishing, like talk to a friend. You don't constantly have to be engaging with some of these things and, cause it'll find you. <laughs> There's like, at this point, it doesn't matter what, like, even if I put down my phone for a couple hours, a friend will text me. Did you hear the governor put a shelter in place? And I get like three of the texts. Did you hear there's a shelter in place? And I was like, yes. I did now I did like so it finds you like the information will find you (laughs) um yeah so yeah because we're all being bombarded by it and it's like um and and like the you know the news sources or whatever they're like oh well but just do another COVID story and like people are gonna read it (laughs) and it's true um just to give you an example of like how to like switch realities and how they like they're it's like it it could become yours and and you don't have to own it you know I like read this headline about Garcetti in LA saying something along the lines of like people are gonna die and, and it's gonna be your friend and like you know it could either be thousands of people or a smaller number you know et cetera and he's like, I have to think about it this way, or I have to act from this place. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, 
I get that. Like, you're the mayor of a big-ass, like, international city. Like, mm-hmm. with millions of people, like, I get it. Like, you should be thinking like that. You should be, you know, preventing death. Like, get on it. I don't, I don't need to be thinking about thousands of people dying. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm not the mayor of L.A., you know. I need to be taking care of my home. I need to make sure that there's breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and that every meal is nourishing, and that my family feels good at home, and that I can feel good at home, you know, being with them, despite mm-hmm. the other stressors that we have. You know, like, that, that's, that's my job. I don't need to be in, in the fear that the mayor may have to live. That's something he signed up for. That's his responsibility. It's not mine. That's when I, like, I'm really like, okay, I see this headline, I read this article, but that's not, I don't have to act from that place. Right, and I think, like, when I read that article, I feel like everyone read that article. (laughs) Um, My main thought was, yeah, my main thought was, oh, my God. You know, like, I, it it flooded me. with with fear um and I know that there's also this kind of ongoing conversation of well there's actually like many ongoing different conversations of like the impact of this virus right some people are like we need to all shelter in place and we need to you know like don't go outside as much as you can like send one person to the grocery store once a week, you know, and then the rest of the time you're at home. Sucks, but this is the reality we live in. And then there's other people who are kind of in the middle and they're like, well, I'm still going to go out and do my hike. And then there's the people that are like, and obviously there's more than these just three. There's also people who don't really feel, they don't believe in it. They don't believe, yeah, there's a spectrum. They don't believe that this is going to be as big. Like it's just the flu, the flu or the flu kills more people in a year. And so when I read that article, I thought for someone like me, who's kind of co-opting the whole like let's stay home let's stay home I'm ready to get this over with and not have millions of people die let's stay home I (laughs) maybe it didn't maybe it just was like not the article for me but it might be the article for someone who hasn't yet grappled with the gravity of this situation um but at the same time like I you know again I think I can agree with you I was kind of like for me I don't know I'm already like there so I'm like yeah okay thanks you you know you do what you have to do mayor i'm gonna click out of this article (laughs) and i hope someone i hope it resonates with someone who needs it i'm gonna go sweep my kitchen or i'm gonna go plan dinner now yeah or i will i was like i think i have to go for me i've been i've been also seeing clients at home i'm being very careful strategic with when i open the news because you know anyone who's out there who's a therapist you know you can definitely relate like we have to sort of be in a space when we go into session with clients. We don't want to be, like, activated. So I have to I, make sure about that. Yeah, there's there's just so many things. Uh, something that's coming up for me is, um, you know, we, we've talked about fear. We, I, I mentioned this idea of, like, being able to resolve, like, what comes up for you, like, on a day-to-day basis. So what I mean by that is if you practice self-awareness, then when something's bothering you, when you responded, you know, from a place of anger or you responded from a place of fear or worry or pessimism or 
anxiety, whatever it can be. Um, or maybe, maybe you're not, maybe you're responding from a place of hope, you know, maybe you're responding from a place of, of love with your family. I don't know. And, um, but it's those like harder feelings and emotions and like moods where you kind of have to check yourself. Right. And, um, it could be an everyday practice or, you know, or whatever, you know, your practice is it's every full moon. I don't know. But the point is that like, you know, I'm home with my husband, with my mother-in-law who's bed bound and with a one-year-old. <laughs> like, Things are like come up every day, and so I have to be aware of of my feelings and my emotions in my home, and and my husband and I we reflect things, you know, to towards one another how we're doing, um, and this and the stress that we have, and uh, I guess my point is that I could just say I'm stressed and not really think about like the next day like am I going to be this stressed am I going to be this moody or do I need to like really figure something out with my husband do I really need to figure out where this feeling of resentment is coming from like where is this pattern Mm -hmm. of how my behavior is coming out in my home what is it and so I have to stop and, and think and, and figure out how to, how to change it or address it. And so being home is really interesting because you, you don't have it. It's like, it's like a big mirror. And it's a very honest mirror. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why it's, this is a really great opportunity to be like, boom, like everything you try to distract yourself from and go out and party and go to the bar too, like everything else you were trying to like handle that was outside the home, like none of none, that's not there. Like it's just you and your roommate, <laughs> whether your roommate is your husband or your partner or your, you know, friend that you met, your, whoever you go to school with, I, you know, your one-year-old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The one-year-old's a great reflector, by the way. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. My one-year-old will show me how to get present real quick. Um, I, I can't um, space out too much. So I, what I'm just encouraging all of us to do is that whatever feelings are, are coming up, if, if it really is a lot of anxiety and fear, like, this is, this is the work we need to do, you know, like this is the work that we need to do so that when we have challenges in our life, like we get to choose how we're going to respond. Mm-hmm. And yes, we automatically, a lot of us are being pushed, you know, into fight, flight, freeze. Um, this is like causing different trauma for people in collective manners. Um and so the, the work is here. The mm. work is here for us to do, for us to engage in, in something that's going to help, like, ground us. And I think this is where, like, therapists, like, have really, um, have really stepped up. And we've been. There's, like, so many, like, it, like, on social media, there's so much information and advice and, like, mm. encouragement <laughs> that our colleagues do on an everyday basis to Mm. engage people in their self-care and their health and like um 
and that's that's the other opportunity here yeah absolutely and you're right it's all internal there's so much there's so many opportunities right now for internal work and I think of you know if you're feeling anxious right now number one honor that right like you were saying check in with yourself and you have to reflect not only to the ones around you but to yourself like what do I need right now do I need to process this do I need to take space there's just so many opportunities right now that are probably going to come up for people where they are going to have to face parts of themselves. And when we're feeling anxious, sometimes it helps to think about what would create safety then. If we're feeling depressed, we have to think about what would create motivation or joy. If we're you know, feeling angry, we have to think about what would, um, what would create relief, what would create processing. Anger is like a fire if you hang on to it too long. It just burns you, right? You got to be productive with your fire. Um, And so there's just so many opportunities right now for people to honor where they're at. And I think that's, that's huge. And there's a lot going around on social media right now. Folks saying, you know, I, um, I've learned another language. I'm painting. I reorganized this. And that's really amazing for some folks. It's not like that for some people. They have to, like you were saying earlier in the show, when you first were at home, you know, you kind of had to recalibrate and grieve and sort of, you know, people are having to do that right now with what productivity looks like for them, which it should never be tied to, you know, your worth. But truly, what we can do in a day has changed and what we can accomplish in a day has changed. So honor that and check in with yourself, you know, see, see what you need and see what is coming up for you. And try to shift it you know like and if you can't right now that's I mean that's okay maybe it's just about recognizing it's about recognizing where you're at what is coming up for you period and not having to solve for x yet if you know what I'm saying right yes um absolutely yes so I'm encouraging resolve because in the long run I think that um you, you will be able to adapt to more challenges to come. Mm-hmm. Like, life is going to continue. And there was a meme that said something like, you better apologize 2019 for what you said about it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and so, it's going to keep happening. Like, things, I don't think things are necessarily going to get easier, you know? And, and that's okay, because I think we all have to evolve, period. Mm. Exactly. And so if, if we're going to evolve, we have to be challenged to, to get to a higher place. I lost my train of thought, but um, <laughs> what were we saying right before that? Oh, gosh. Oh, resolve. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, if you don't resolve, like, that's fine. Maybe you just work on identifying it. Great. Um. I was, I was really, um, I took, I actually had the time to draw my home because I tried to imagine like if I was, if I did have clients right now, what would I ask them to do? And I would ask them to do a picture of their home. And, and, and as I was processing my drawing, you know, I was noticing what was there, what wasn't there, how big something was, what color it was why I left something out intentionally, mm-hmm. what, like what I put in my drawing, 
what that represented. Um, and, and I, and then I wrote about it. And as I wrote about it, I was like, you know, I don't need to figure everything out right now. Um, maybe my conclusion was I just need to accept whatever I, like I was having a hard time with. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, so it's, 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 um, it's ongoing. <laughs> it is. I think this has been a really kind of deep dive into how the home and slowing down and not like necessarily fixing the problem now, but even just turning inward, you know, we're in our homes. It's, it's a metaphor for the internal space and we're going to be here for a little while. So why not take a look around, right? In whatever way that looks like for you. So I really appreciate your perspective on that. Cause I think this kind of came together beautifully in a way talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Our home space, our family's chosen family, what have mm. you, it's going to bring up a lot for sure. So, and, and, you know, I do want to also say like we, you know, we're in, um, I mean, housing is a human right. So mm-hmm. I want to say that we're in a privileged place and yet it is our right to have shelter, to have a home. And so I also recognize that for people who don't have security in their housing, that it's only been magnified and intensified, you know, these risks that are out there. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, you know, like we, we have a lot to give thanks for, you know, mm-hmm. for those of us that, that do, you know, um, we always say practice gratitude and it, it changes the brain chemistry too. Yeah. Um, but also like, remember that, man, there are like, I don't, I don't even know what, um, like in, in downtown LA, what it's like right now. We're under any freeway bridge. Yeah, you're right. And it also brings up for me the idea that it's a privilege to feel safe in your home. And that right. sometimes the home isn't a safe space. And right. I know that, yeah, for a lot of folks right now that are struggling with, you know, domestic violence or emotional abuse, um, anything that would compromise the integrity and safety that you have at home you know definitely worth recognizing and again if you aren't navigating that to give thanks and then recognize what what a privilege that is to feel safe when you shut the door at night yeah absolutely i i wanted to touch upon this earlier which is um, um which actually you were talking about right this expansion of like services and resources um mm-hmm. that is occurring and uh, our social safety net is really effing important. And whatever holes or lack of safety net um, has existed um, is, is clearly showing itself right now. And so I really hope that this, again, this becomes an opportunity to like resolve those, those things like socially. You know, in in our in our cities or, or rural areas, whatever you know that, um, whether it's housing or healthcare, 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just systems that support families um, or elders, you know, what have you. Mm. You know, all these things, if all those things were in place, like, yeah, like, like we could, <laughs> like we could, we could navigate so many different challenges. Um, You're right. It's but, definitely but exposed the vulnerability of that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, every, everything is in your face right now. I will definitely put some links in the show notes. I always have show notes, and I'll put some links for um, housing resources and domestic violence resources and sort of just some, yeah. some, yeah, some of those things so for, so for folks listening to this that felt that come up for them, that, it, you know, if that is a challenge, that is an issue, like definitely want to everyone to feel safe and to feel like they have – a resource to reach out to for sure and I also want to just thank you for coming on here and um I you know we were like let's plan for 30 <laughs> minutes and we're, we're oh my gosh how much was this we're at 43 <laughs> okay 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 <laughs> yeah but I told you it's just what comes up right we have to just kind of go with the flow because we were in the flow with it we were you know sharing and I think we touched on a lot of important topics and I just really want to thank you for coming on here and talking with me. Yeah, no, for sure. Thank you, Jesse, for thinking about this and um, for expanding the, the the concept of of being a survivor, right? Mm-hmm. I, you've had a lot of it in this podcast of who you bring on to share stories, you know, and uh, we're yeah some of us are surviving right now some of us are are still thriving some of us are are still enjoying our day-to-day some of us have access to like hiking nearby um so yeah or even going around the block i went around the block the other day and other people were walking their dogs you know Mm -hmm. i went out uh with the baby on the stroller and like Everybody wanted to wave to each other. I was like, wow, I've done walks before. Nobody would wave at me before, but now it's like, another person across the street, let's wave. <laughs> so anyways, just, um, yeah. Yeah. We can we can choose again. We can choose how we want to define our, our reality right now. Yeah. Yeah, well, moving forward, I suppose we'll, we'll just try to do our best to honor the space that we reside in, you know, no matter what that is and how we do it. And as long as it's safe and we're, you know, able to reflect, I think that's going to do a lot of wonders. Yeah. I don't know if you'll add this piece, but if you haven't watched Marie Kondo. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. We're going to plug that Marie Kondo. Um, I personally need a Marie Kondo everything. You need to clear your home space. You need to clear it. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. Intro and outro music is Fairies and Boots by Up and Adam. If you'd like to share your story on the podcast, please email me. We are magicpod at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram 